Blog Talk Radio. United States Constitution, the most important document in our country is followed. Obama is trying to destroy you. In the news today, and the results, I can't believe it. You say this change is what we need, we'll see if you achieve it. But the change that you seek, I can feel you on the feet. The raising taxes and the facts and what you got up your sleeve. It concerns me on how your wife is ashamed of America, but if you mess up, sure that Bush will be blamed. With the shame, but if I complain, now I'll be considered racist. But the last issue on my mind is the color of the faces. I'll prove my case is basics. A rotten condolence at your enigmatic, like the painting of the Mona Lisa. You say only raises tax. For the rich and wealthy, I've never looked for a poor man, which in turn will melt the economy. So my view, the view is just anomaly. Check your beliefs, start at the roots of Deuteronomy. The Deuteronomy had presence of this Christ, took the foreign oil on drill. Check your gas prices. Dear Mr. Obama, I've spent 12 months in the Iraq theater. I can promise you, this is not a mistake. You rescue a fireman just as he's about to save a child? You call the Iraqi war a mistake. You disrespect the service and the sacrifice of everyone who's died. Promoting freedom. Freedom carries with it a price. Because you do not understand nor appreciate these principles, sir. Senator John McCain, President. Now we all wait to see the lies that are untold and worry about exactly how my future will unfold. Hit beneath the silver tongue, President-elect is the person who the truth and couldn't buy my respect. America spoke, then elected you to office, but what really happens they elect a simple novice. Three years in the Senate and you're the highest ranking power, yet how long will it be until the deal goes sour? With you it's all about how the left is right, but if that were the case, you see things in a different light. I sincerely wish that you would just keep the change because there's some things that I really don't think should be arranged. Okay now, sir, the spotlight's in your hands, but the people are here with the lipful of the man who handles the pressure to talk your way out of it. Or your largest concern about the money you'll split. The point is that Barack Obama has a long track record of being around anti-Semitic, anti-Israel, and anti-American rhetoric. He is our first African-American president, or he will be. Why don't we just ask Osama bin Laden? Let's ask Osama Obama. Obama, what is, is he's going to be Uncle Sam for the country. Or Uncle Tom for the giant corporation. Give it all up the floppy at the near I'll sit back while things going off the chart. I hope you realize if you feel you can't come home, this is my country too. Are we on top or just alone? I believe right now I can see your pockets getting deep because with you in office we have a new tax revert. I know I'm not alone when it comes to the sins, but remember she's the one who has corruption to concealing. All this year, been hearing Obama's policy all next year. Don't hear Barack Obama's policy. In the middle of the night, you want to test loyalty? Just ask Reverend Wright. You campaigned hard, but you didn't earn my respect. By the end of your term, you stand alone with your elect. I won't call you my president, so let's address you like a man. So listen here, Barack, your finger sticky like the ran. CNN can now project that Barack Obama, 47 years old, will become the president-elect of the United States. We project he now has enough electoral votes, more than 270 more than enough to become the 44th
sense of honor to a life of courage and a commitment to something greater than themselves. Remember that time? 
Do you remember when America was a place where you could walk down the street without having to worry about a vicious pack of teens, about whether or not they may attack you for no reason whatsoever? Do you remember when America was a place where you could leave your car unlocked, your your house unlocked, and your garage open without having to worry about thieves? Well, only old-timers like me are likely to remember a time when you could leave your front door unlocked. But it was once like that in America. Over the past 50 years, America has fundamentally changed. Once upon a time, you could trust just about everybody. But these days, it is difficult to find anyone that you can truly trust. We are literally surrounded by psychopaths and sociopaths as we approach the edge of societal collapse. And the truly frightening thing is that we're watching society break down rapidly, even though economic conditions are still relatively good. If this is how bad things are right now, what are they going to look like after the economy collapses and people become really desperate? I was enjoying a peaceful morning until I came across the headline, um, Seven Dead, including Shooter at uh, the, the Wisconsin Sky Temple. I thought, well, what kind of person does such a thing? What kind of person plans, gets up in the morning and thinks to, to do such a thing? Why? He has to know how it's going to end. He has to understand how it's going to affect the lives of those who may survive the families for generations to come. And not only that, but his life and the lives of his family. The question I asked myself was, why? So far, there does not appear to be any motive for the shooting. There were people that were just peacefully gathering at the Sky Temple in Oak Creek, Wisconsin, for God's sake, on a Sunday morning. They weren't bothering anybody. But some very twisted individual decided to walk in there and start ramble, randomly shooting people. Now, of course, the mainstream media to describe the man as a white male in his 30s. But by the time it was all over, seven people, including the shooter, ended up dead, and three others were wounded. Of course, the mainstream media is going to use the example, such as this, as reasons to why we need to ban guns. But as I spoke about the other day, the truth is that guns actually help prevent crime. U.S. cities with the strictest gun control laws also have some of the highest rates of gun violence. The criminals are always going to be able to get guns. Montana. This weekend, I was watching how the states got their shapes. And I love that program on the History Channel. 
how the states got their shapes. If you haven't seen it, check it out. It's extremely informative. Montana, the whole state, seriously, has like six cops. Six. They're not even called cops. But they have extremely liberal gun laws. Almost anybody can own a gun. Do you know where I'm going with this? That's right. The state has the lowest crime rate of all 50 states. Six cops and everybody's brandishing a gun. Guess what? Nobody's shooting anybody. Because they know that the other person has a the other the other guy probably has a gun too. So this whole idea that if you ban guns there won't be any killing. The only people who won't have guns, of course, are the well the law abiding citizens. So what's wrong with the world? Recently, a 17-year-old boy was arrested after police found him lying completely naked in the middle of a street while apparently high on LSD. Police also said that the boy jumped on the hood of their patrol car and broke out the windshield with his fists. Even when they're not on drugs, the young people of America just seem to be getting wilder and wilder. Recently, I spoke about all the flash mob crimes that we're seeing all over the country, I believe they're a dress rehearsal for what will be, at some point, anarchy in this country. When the money stops flowing, when the free food stamp or EBT or what, when a free welfare, which isn't free, by the way, when that stops flowing, what do you think is going to happen? Groups of young people are already banding together and invading retail stores for some organized looting. These young people seem to have absolutely no concern for how their actions will affect people, the people that they're stealing from. It seems, it just, it just seems like hearts are going cold all over the United States. Psychology has all kinds of fancy names for this. But on a very basic level, our empathy for others is rapidly disappearing. According to Dictionary.com, a psychopath is, and I quote, a person with a psychopathic personality which manifests as amoral and antisocial behavior, lack of ability to love or establish meaningful personal relationships, extreme egocentricity, failure to learn from experience, etc. End quote. Doesn't that sound like a lot of people out there on the streets of America today? Sadly, this even includes those that are considered to be among the elite. 
For example, it has been estimated that one out of every ten Wall Street employees is a psychopath. And according, again, to Dictionary.com, a psychopath is a person with a psychopathic personality whose behavior is antisocial. Often, psychopaths will do things to other people or to animals without any concern for the pain they're causing. In a previous uh, broadcast, I spoke about a man that recently bit the lips off a kitten. This would be one example of a sociopath. It has been estimated that there are 12 million sociopaths in the United States today. This is only a small percentage of the population, but you never know, you never know who they are. Once the percentage of crazy people becomes high enough to in a community, it becomes very it becomes very difficult to trust anyone. Meanwhile, many of our greatest cities are disintegrating into crime-infested war zones. The city center of Detroit has become a place where people dump dead bodies. The following, what I'm about to say, is a recent Fox News from is from a recent Fox News article, and it goes from the street. The two decomposing bodies were nearly invisible, concealed in an overgrown lot alongside worn-out car tires and a moldy sofa. The teenagers had been shot, stripped of their underwear, and left on a deserted block. They were just the latest victims of foul play, whose remains went undiscovered for days. After being hidden, deep inside Detroit's vast urban wilderness, a crumbling wasteland rarely visited by outsiders and infrequently patrolled by police. According to uh, records, abandoned and neglected parts of the city were quickly becoming dumping grounds for the dead. At least a dozen bodies in 12 months' time. And authorities acknowledge there's little that they can do. But, folks, it isn't just major cities that are disintegrating. All over America, rural communities are falling apart as well. Crime is drastically increased in our little rural communities across this country. Interesting. We're suffering. And what does it say about our political leaders? The President of the United States refuses to follow the rule of law. He is our our shining, he should be, rather, our shining example of the rule of law. But when the President himself can unilaterally change the law, because he doesn't like it, or he doesn't believe that the laws are just. He simply assigns an executive order to get around federal law. He changes the laws that he doesn't like. Well, what's to stop little Johnny 
from saying that I don't like the law that says that I can't kill someone or steal something or rob someone. I'm going to go ahead and disregard that law. Because if the president can change the laws, if the president doesn't have to follow the rule of law, laws that have already been placed on the books, then why should I? And as a result, America is preparing for martial law. So, with that in mind, we're going to play a brief clip and take a listen to perhaps where we're going, where we're headed as a nation. When a lot of you out there who voted for the current administration believe that we were elevating ourselves, our country, our government to a, a higher plane, no more red states, no more blue states, only the United States of America. We have ushered in an administration, a president, who has sought to divide the nation between rich and poor, haves and have-nots, fat cat bankers, millionaires and billionaires versus the middle class. How soon before those so-called middle class folks decide that, yeah, the president is right. We need to overthrow those fat cats, storm their palaces, their mansions, take what is rightfully ours. How soon before America follows the lead of our president and simply decides to take the law into their own hands? to restrict constitutional freedoms in the name of fighting terrorism? Um, in our opinion, no. And now the plain truth. As you've seen on our show, the government at times tells you lies. The deception is historic and continuous. The government needs to be exposed because it cannot be trusted to expose itself. We live in exciting and fearful times. Most of you today are not afraid of big crime or big business or big labor. Rather, most of us are most afraid of big government. All right, folks, there is a lot going on right now. Decisions being made that are unprecedented and will have an overreaching impact on what it means to live in the United States of America. Who could want a government that punishes people for speech, that lets its own agents write their own search warrants, that fights wars just to keep the military-industrial complex busy, that debases all you own by printing worthless money and putting it into the stream of commerce, that gives away more than half the tax dollars it collects, and that, despite express provisions in the Constitution to the contrary, permits the president to lock up whoever he wants and to throw away the key. The president's saying he can secretly kill Americans and have bags put over our head and have us thrown into black vans and disappear forever. Or look at the TSA and the airports groping people. Look at the drones in our skies. Look at Army checkpoints now, the end of Posse uh, Comitatus. We see the president signing legislation to charge people with felonies if they protest at national security events. You know, people ask, is this martial law? Yes, we've been under a soft form of martial law with secret arrest, warrantless spying, protesters getting beaten up, uh, all of these type of things going on for a long, long time. Now they're telling us torture is good, secret arrest of citizens is good, uh, the government taking over infrastructure is good. They don't deny all this stuff that we warn people about forever being real now. Ron Wyden and Mark Udall of Colorado, uh, two Democratic senators, came out uh, today and said, hey, you know what? 
Uh, we know things you don't because we're on an intelligence committee, and uh, Americans would be, quote, stunned to find out how the American government is applying the Patriot Act. Documents just released indicate police departments across the country do track cell phones without bothering to get any permission from a court. After reviewing 5,500 pages of records, the ACLU says police agencies, large and small, often obtain cell phone data without court permission. If the government wants it, it needs a search warrant. If it gets it without a search warrant, it has committed a crime. A crime. Obtaining a warrant can slow down that process. Oh, it's going to slow the process down if we have to ask for authorized, if they ask a judge, can we search authorized dollar cell phone records to find a missing person? Call me. A cell phone warrant it usually took me about 15 minutes. Once you've written one, you've written all of them. You know, warrants are in our Constitution. You need to get a warrant before you search or seize anything. But apparently the Constitution no longer applies. The ACLU saying in the report this has become big business for service providers. The All right, and we're back with the C. Robert Jones situation report. So, apparently the government is preparing for anarchy. They're preparing for to usher in a new a new wave of civil upheaval. Take, for example... The idea that American riots will be the worst in the world. That we will, at some point in the very near future, experience a, a country where everything is out of control. Let's, let's listen for a moment to where we might be headed at some point in the very, very near future the first stage of the awakening. This denial will be wiped away when the dollar collapses. For now, the economy is still functioning and food and fuel are still available. The lights turn on and American Idol is still the center of attention. Americans still have the illusion of wealth and normalcy. They are still stuck in the false left-right paradigm and think that some other sock puppet will turn things around. When the dollar collapses, all American illusions will collapse with it. Deep denial will turn into deep anger. The violence I expect in all urban areas in the United States will make all other global riots pale in comparison. America is deeply infused with arrogance, denial, narcissism, drugs, and violence. There is no other society that I know of that has the degree of intensity and combination of these factors. So here are the five reasons why American riots will be the worst in the world. Number one, arrogance. And don't let anybody make you think that God chose America as his divine messianic force to be a sort of policeman of the whole world. God has a way of standing before the nations with judgment, and it seems that I can hear God saying to America, you're too arrogant. If you don't change your ways, I will rise up and break the backbone of your power. And I'll place it in the hands of a nation that doesn't even know my name. Be still and know that I'm God. All of our lives we've been fed the lie that somehow we are better than everybody else. We believe this so much that we feel it's morally acceptable to stick our noses in everybody's business. All right, we're back with the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. Arrogance. 
arrogance such as we need to expect, we we should expect that everybody will pay their fair share. That the fat cat bankers, the rich, the wealthy, well, they can have their mansions and their fancy cars and their corporate jets, but they're just going to have to pay a little bit more. And you didn't build that. If you've got a business, you didn't build that. Somebody else made that happen because you use the roads and the bridges and the internet and the infrastructure of the United States in order to get your business going. Not fully understanding that businesses, business owners paid for those roads and bridges. And what of the times when roads and bridges, for the most part, didn't exist? The highways and the highway system wasn't uh, fully implemented and put in place until the uh, the mid-50s with uh, the Eisenhower administration. And in fact, just like the Internet, the roadway-highway system that Eisenhower put into play wasn't really for you and me to drive on. Oh, yeah, we could. But the initial purpose for the highways that we ride on every day was so that the military could mobilize quickly and get from point A to point B so that they could be readily deployed in the event of the next war. I wonder if you knew that. Some. Some do. Anyway, we're going to take a short break. We'll come right back, and then we'll move on to... Our next topic, and that is, will democracy's critics be proven right this coming November? You're listening to the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. I'm your host, Dr. C. Robert Jones. By the way, the call-in number is 347-884-8500. We'll be right understands that jobs must come from growth in a vibrant and vital system of free enterprise. I'm so proud of our system of government, of our free enterprise, where our incentive system and our men who head our big industries are willing to get up at daylight and work till midnight to offer employment and create new jobs for people. I have faith in America. Through our system of democracy and free enterprise, the United States has achieved remarkable, unbelievable progress. Small business is the gateway to opportunity for those who want a piece of the American dream. But wouldn't it be nice to hear a little more about the forgotten heroes of America, those who create most of our new jobs, like the owners of stores down the street, the faithfuls who support our churches, synagogues, schools, and communities, the brave men and women everywhere who produce our goods, feed a hungry world, and keep our families warm while they invest in the future to build a better America. That's where miracles are made, not in Washington, D.C. If you've been successful, you, don't, you didn't get there on your own. 
you, you didn't get there on your own. I'm always struck by people who think, well, it must be because I was just so smart. Because if you got a business, that you didn't build that. Somebody else made that happen. There is nobody in this country who got rich on his own. Nobody. You built a factory out there, good for you. But I want to be clear, you moved your goods to market on the roads the rest of us paid for. When you do well, everyone else does well. And I promise you this, I will never demonize you as business leaders and business owners. The work you do or the opportunities that you create, because I think we should not be blaming you. Don't miss The Situation Report with Doc Jones. The Sit Rep is information and entertainment in one short hour. It happens fast, so don't miss it. BlogTalkRadio.com slash the dash situation dash report. Out of respect, they gave him the Nobel Peace Prize without him doing anything, and he took it. He changed health care for millions of Americans, even though they liked what they had. He says he will tell Iran to quit making nukes, and they will stop, because he is just that good. To him, the Supreme Court is nothing but an unelected group of people. You want precedent? He is the president. He picked Joe Biden to be his vice president just to show that he doesn't really need one. He wants us to believe no one else in America would have made the Bin Laden call. He is the most arrogant man in the world. <laughs> I ultimately get what I want. Stay ignorant, my friends. successful, you, don't, you didn't get there on your own. You, you didn't get there on your own. I, I'm always struck by people who think, well, it must be because I was just so smart. There are a lot of smart people out there. It must be because I worked harder than everybody else. Let me tell you something. There are a whole bunch of hardworking people out there. If you were successful, somebody along the line gave you some help. There was a great teacher somewhere in your life. Somebody helped to create this unbelievable American system that we had that allowed you to thrive. Somebody invested in roads and bridges. If you got a business, that you didn't build that. Somebody else made that happen. Good evening, folks, and welcome to the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. Happy birthday, America. Doc Jones is a real patriot. In fact, not only does he think like our founding fathers, he likes to see what they see, too. And then I got the thought that uh, I'd like to kind of see what Lincoln might be looking at. 
wound up actually sitting on Lincoln's lap. Wound up falling asleep. Falling asleep in Lincoln's lap. I woke. The sun was coming up. And uh, I must have been asleep for at least two, three, four hours. The Situation Report. Weekdays at 8 p.m. Eastern. All right. And we're back with the C. Robert Jones Situation Report with me, your humble host, Dr. C. Robert Jones. Okay. Let's... um. Let's change gears just a little bit. Oh, by the way, the calling number is 347-884-8500. This year's presidential election will be about something more than this or that policy or political philosophy. The larger issue at stake is the viability of democracy itself. An Obama win, now listen closely, an Obama win will be a validation of every anti-democracy critic going back to to ancient Greece. We are so used to using the word democracy as a as a feel-good term denoting a self-evident good that we forget the traditional problems political philosophers identified with popular rule. In ancient Athens, critics like Socrates and Plato attacked the assumption that ordinary people, quote, an audience of mere dunces and weaklings, end quote, as Socrates called the Athenian assembly, had enough intelligence or understanding to make life and death decisions affecting the state. Lacking that knowledge, they were vulnerable to ambitious demagogues who manipulated the voters with deceptive, emotional rhetoric and promises of state money. Sound familiar? Thus, rather than considering what policy or action served the long-term interest of the state as a whole, critics of Athenian democracy charged the citizens selfishly used their political power to advance their own interest which required the guess what which required the redistribution of property and wealth and the reduction of freedom in order to achieve the equality of all you see folks there is nothing Absolutely nothing new under the sun. There are three things that's for certain. Death, taxes, and history. Now, the dangers of this tendency of a democracy were famously expressed by the Greek historian Palladius. Quote, for the mob, in quote, Palladius wrote, habituated to feed at the expense of others and to have its hopes of a livelihood in the property of its neighbors. As soon as it has got a leader sufficiently ambitious and daring, 
being excluded by poverty from the suites of civil honors, produces a reign of mere violence. Fearing such an outcome, the founders of America, or American Republic, created our mixed government of balanced powers that limited limited the direct influence citizens could wield on politicians. What did I say? There is nothing new under the sun. And there are three things for certain. Death, taxes, and history. Now, fast forward 200 years to this year's presidential campaign. Obama and the Democrats and abetted by their media lackeys, are waging a pseudo-populist campaign characterized by gross deceptions, brazen lies, and rhetorical spin worthy of the ancient sycophants. Start with Obama himself. He was elected in part because of his compelling personal story. A story that seemingly transcended the political and racial divides of American society. But now we know that most of the story was fabricated. Persons in his path were invented, past were invented. Memories of racial oppression were made up. And his centrist politics were mere camouflage for his progressive ideology. Meanwhile, his actual life remains murky. We still don't know what his true relationship was with terrorist Bill Ayers or the racist rabble-rouser Jeremiah Wright. We still don't know, we still don't have many specifics about his health or his university career. Information the Spanel press has shown no interest in. Even as the, they, even as they heckle Mitt Romney and Hector him. Heckle and Hector. Mitt Romney to release all his tax returns going back 10 years. Something few in Congress have any intention of doing. <sighs> Aping their bosses' tactics of deception. Obama's political henchmen are going after Mitt Romney with slander and innuendo and frank character assassination. As Ross Dunneth put it, Mitt Romney isn't just wrong on specific policies or too right-wing in general. Dulles continues... He's part Scrooge, part Gordon Gecko, an un-American, an Asian-loving outsourcer, a tax avoider, and possibly even a white-collar felon, end quote. The complement to this toxic cloud of lies and an victive is the crude populist appeal that exploits class envy and promises an income redistribution aimed at the cohort of American voters that have all its hopes of a livelihood 
in the prosperity of his neighbors. Hence the rhetoric of, quote, fair share, in quote. And you didn't build that. And spread the wealth around. Even though Obama's call to raise marginal tax rates on the rich would yield $80 billion next year, a mere 8% of Obama's projected 2013 13th budget deficit of $977 billion. A mere pittance, if you will. Indeed, Obama's naked appeal to class envy ignores any number of facts about our tax system. His mantra about fairness ignores just how progressive tax rates already are. According to the Congressional Budget Office, the top 20% of income earners make 50% of the nation's income, but pay nearly 70% of all federal taxes, including payroll taxes. Everybody else earns 50% of the income, but pay 30% of taxes. This is why the U.S. tax system is the most progressive of the world's industrialized nations. If this system is unfair, it's because nearly half of all taxpayers pay no federal income tax. The rich are already paying more, more than their fair share. Of that, of that, my friends, there is no doubt. There can be no doubt. And no, 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 it's not my opinion. These are the facts. Now, I often find that when I voice these facts, they ask, well, where did you get those numbers? Well, I got the numbers from the Congressional Budget Office. I respond, well, who are they loyal to? Where did, where did they come up with the numbers? And and, how, and anybody can put out numbers and blah, 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 blah. That's all I heard. And let's not forget, folks, what obscured or what's obscured by Obama's class warfare rhetoric. The simple fact that the economic disaster waiting down the road is not is not due to the lack of revenue, but the explosion of spending on entitlements. What's going to happen when there is no more money to spend? According to the Heritage Foundation, a nonpartisan group, by 2050, spending on Social Security, Medicaid, Medicare, and Obamacare will reach 19% of GDP, an amount that would devour all federal tax revenue at current rates. Given the popularity of Obama's call to raise taxes on the rich, these facts deficient appeals suggest that many voters either don't understand those facts or they simply do not care. For some reason, voters, well, some voters tend to believe that we have a limitless supply of money 
and that those rich, fat cat, wealthy folks will continue to make, well, millions and billions that they can draw as a resource. What happens when the producers go on strike, as is indicated, or as is told, in Ayn Rand's novel, Atlas Shrugged? Now, you say, well, Doc, Atlas Shrugged was a fictional novel. Well, indeed, that's true. However, we find that what was indicated, what is written, what is revealed in Atlas Shrugged, written, mind you, in 1957, published in 1957, rather, is actually happening. It's as if someone has taken a cue, a group, someone has taken a, a cue from that novel and put almost word for word into play in today's world. So what's to say? That those of us who are the makers and shakers, the millionaires and billionaires, what's to say that we simply don't follow what the book indicates and go on strike? We take our toys and go home. Those folks who become so dependent on our tax dollars well, they won't have a resource to draw from. America will sink like the Titanic. And just like every other great superpower that has gone out of existence, ancient Greece, Rome, the Roman Empire, and even, even the United Kingdom, all the great empires have ceased to exist because well, there have been a few factors. One is decadence, violence, lack of moral authority. The family ceased to exist. Anarchy reigned. Don't we see that happening today, here, in this country? Now, since Obama has worsened our economic troubles by increasing both budget deficits and entitlement spending under his watch. Under his watch, not Bush, which he has toned down the blame game because Americans are sort of sick and tired of that. Not sort of, uh, are sick and tired of the blame game. The number of Americans living in households receiving government aid has jumped to Wait for it. 50%. His only, his only re-election strategy is to ignore economic fact. And talk more about Mitt Romney not releasing his tax returns. Or the fact that he may have committed a felony. Obama's, the economic fact is that Obama has done a very poor job of managing the economy because simply he doesn't care about it. Instead, he must play on the irrational emotions of class envy 
Us versus them. The rich versus poor. Those fat cat bankers. Those corporate jet owners. And make veiled promises to give even more money to the takers by fleecing it from the makers. Such behavior validates the criticisms of democracy from antiquity. From antiquity to the American founders, they had the example of ancient Athens, where by the mid-4th century B.C., even citizens, every citizen, was receiving state money almost every day of the year. And state funds were directed toward public festivals and sacrifices. As the historian Theopompus said, instead of national defense, how similar to our country today, where defense spending here is facing a $1 trillion reduction over the next decade. Even as Obamacare will cost $2.6 trillion without any assurance that it will reduce costs or improve health care. But it, it feels so good. It feels so good to provide health insurance for nearly 40 million Americans who are without it. Even though we have not the infrastructure, the wherewithal, the doctors, the money to do so. So instead of instead of brightening the lives, enriching the lives of those who have not, we're simply making sure that everyone will have not. So that, as Al Sharpton put it, everything is equal. In everybody's house. End quote. Well. This November. We got to keep the devil way down in the hole baby. So help me. Help America. Send Barack Hussein Obama. And his. Takers. Back to where they came from. Wherever the hell that is. Thank you for listening tonight. I know that there are plenty of things you could be doing tonight besides listening to my show. And I do appreciate it. Now, God bless you. And God bless the United States of America. Tune in tomorrow. We'll have more of this discussion. And feel free to call in. The call-in number is 347-884-8500. Good night, folks. Don't have to worry If you hold on to Jesus
Wait! 